Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Stabula and Bobby Maximus. First of all, if you guys like this podcast, if you want to support us and support yourself and keep uh, on consuming our content, you need to go to the MaximusPodcast.com. You need to go to the upper right-hand corner, click the drop-down menu, click join, and join the inner circle. You need to shut this podcast off. Go do that right now and then come back and listen. This is the only way we can stay in business. So help yourself and help us by supporting us. The MaximusPodcast.com. Join the inner circle. You're going to get a bunch guys, of stuff it's, there. Guys, it's not even expensive. Just get in it. Jeez. 24 bucks a month. You'll get daily workouts. You'll get monthly workout plans, customized programming, videos, and daily interaction with us. So to, let's get on this. Yeah, yeah. An important uh, topic I want to talk about, Joe, because I, I built my entire platform on this, mm-hmm. is the mindset going into a workout. And yep. sometimes something happens in sports or in pop culture that kind of reminds me why it's so important. So there's a guy named Paul George. He plays for the Los Angeles Clippers. And he's got this nickname called Playoff P. <laughs> he's like, he's good in the playoffs. Right. Well, playoff P has not been playoff P this playoffs. He has struggled. He has had three straight. I'm reading the article right here. Putrid performances in the playoffs. Well, last night he scored 35 points, which is a huge game in the NBA. He scored more last night than he did the three previous games. And no one could figure out what was going on with him. To, 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 to give you the exact stats, he was averaging 11.3 points per game, and he was shooting 21% for the field. For those of you who are not into basketball, 21% for the field is terrible. Like, we've got guys hitting 65 70%. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, that's, that's kind of what my high school career was. <laughs> Fair enough. <bro. laughs> now, now, to put that in perspective – I ain't in the NBA. <laughs> Fair enough. So he has, he has not been doing well. So after the game, reporters were talking to him. And, you know, I actually earned a lot of respect for Paul George. He was very open and honest because he plays in a league with a lot of bravado. You got to be a tough guy. You don't want to let people know you're soft he let the reporters know that he's been having some pretty extreme mental struggles. And so he said, whatever it was, the bubble got the best of me. I was in a dark place. I really wasn't here. I checked out these past couple of games. It was just difficult. Shout out to the people that stood behind me that were in my corner, the positivity, my teammates, my family, friends, everybody else who reached out to me. I was in a really bad place. I found my way. I'm back. I look forward to the rest of the run. He added later, he's been dealing with anxiety, depression, and he underestimated the mental health ramifications of isolation. Mm. A talk with a team psychiatrist reportedly preceded his breakup performance in a, in a record night for the Los Angeles Clippers. There's, there's a couple of things I find really incredible about this, Joe. Number one, that he was willing to admit all that stuff publicly. Yeah. Because generally, as especially a competitive sports athlete, you don't want to admit any of that stuff. So I thought 
first of all, it was a great moment of honesty. Mm -hmm. But second of all, I just thought it's such a good example to talk about it in the podcast of how much your mental state can really affect your performance. Because I think a lot of people that I've worked with and a lot of people that you've worked with underestimate how important it is to be in the right headspace going into a training session. Yeah. And, and well, and that's a constant battle, you know, it's not, it's not like you figure it out once and then you never have to deal with it again. You know, no, it, it, it happens again and again mm-hmm. and again. And I mean, what's the global effect of having a bad workout a week because of a poor mindset. It may not seem like much on a micro level, like, Oh, I still had five good workouts this week. But if you miss one good workout a week over a year, that's 52 workouts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really Joe, that's almost two months of salt. I, I would take that even swing that pendulum further and say, how many people have only one good workout a week? or less because most of their workouts are just, they're, they're, they just show up to survive. You know, they're not showing up to, to hit a particular goal. They're not, they're, they're like, they're, they have a program, you know, maybe they download it online you know, maybe they did, they got it out of a magazine. You know, they're not super fired up about it. They're under stress. You know, they, they came straight from work. And so they're just in a bad place and they probably have never had an honest to God, good training session. Oh, and, and when you talk about mental stuff, like, I don't know what it's like living in the NBA bubble. I think certain people are probably suited for it. Certain mm-hmm. people are not. But social isolation is a pretty major issue to deal with that a lot of people went through during COVID. Still, and frankly, I a mean, lot of people still, are still going through right now yeah. in certain places, right? The social isolation thing is real. But people get derailed from stuff on a daily basis. It's stuff far more simpler than social isolation. They're distracted by their phone. Mm-hmm. They're distracted by their problems at home. They're distracted by their kids. They're distracted by anxiety. They're worried about things that they should not be worried about in the gym. It's actually funny. Me and my wife go through this a lot. Uh, And I told her it drives me nuts. When we work out together, we'll be in the middle of training and she'll be like, hey, what do you want to go buy at Costco later? I'm like, I don't want to think about that right now. Like, I don't want to be rude and not talk to you. But like, I don't want to talk about Costco. You know what I'm saying? Because it starts to impair my ability to focus and train. Yeah. And so I've got to be really careful who I choose as my training partners. Because yeah. if you and I were training together, I don't want to talk about work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I, I might not want to talk about the podcast. Like I want to stay focused and be able to do my thing. It's one of the reasons why for years I trained by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I couldn't count on other people to help me maintain well, my integrity. I would say it's even part of the reason why people have a hard time focusing on themselves from a training perspective, because yeah. they feel like they're supposed to be worried about other things. They're supposed to be thinking about work and to take that time away means you're being lazy. You know, you're, you're, you're derelict to your duty, you know, uh, uh, or, or even, you know, conversely, you're working out really hard and you just don't even really want to be there because what you're doing is, is demanding and taxing. And so your mind starts to go other places as a way to kind of get out. You know, if I can focus on what I'm going to be doing in an hour, then I don't need to be focused on what I'm doing right now. But then again, you're not going to get the benefit of being there. No. And you could lose 20, 30, 40, 50% of the value from your workout. I see it all the time with people that come in my gym. I'm not the hardest on people. People think I'm going to push people. I have this new thing, Joe. You should be able to push yourself. 
It's yeah. not my job to motivate you by yelling at you, mm-hmm. punishing you or anything like that. You want to spend 30 minutes of our hour on the phone? Go nuts. I'm just going to tell you honestly why you're unfit. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm not going to make you feel better, but I'm not going to yell at a grown man and tell him to get off his phone. Yeah. But when someone's in and out of the group workout because they're taking work calls, when someone's in and out of the group workout because they're worried about something else outside of the gym, when someone's taking reps off, when you're supposed to be warming up, working on your form and you're on your phone or you're worried about stuff or you're, you've seen this a million times at your old CrossFit gym when five people are warming up beside each other, shooting the shit <laughs> and none of them are rowing properly. Yeah. Why can't I get that 2k row? It's because every time we row for a warm up, you're over there chit chatting and not focusing exactly. on your pace. That's exactly it. And these are all the things that can derail you. But now imagine you're dealing with psychological stuff coming into the gym, preventing you from working out hard. Yeah. Yeah. It can really start to affect you. And basketball is interesting because there's a real stat line that you yeah. can compare to. Working yeah, out it's, it's measurable. It's very yeah. measurable and very well understood. 11 points a game versus 35 points a game. Mm-hmm. That's like triple the performance. Whereas if I call you up today and say, Joe, did you have a good workout? It's almost completely subjective. Yeah. I feel like I had a great workout, Bobby. I crushed it. Well, Joe, what was your 10 K time? 70 minutes. Joe, your PR is 49. Yeah. What do you mean you crushed it? <laughs> well, I was sweating and I felt so speaking, speaking of which, a little, little uh, uh, sidebar here. I did go out for a run yesterday on so far what has been the hottest and most humid day of the year. Uh, I think I made it 8K before I started crawling. <laughs> so <laughs> my intention was to just go out and have an enjoyable run and actually take advantage of the heat and the humidity almost to sonic effect if that makes sense. Uh, and I ended up unable to even run. I was trying and I couldn't. Um, so yeah, sometimes crushing the workout means I survived it, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. I, I want to touch on something that, that you, you kind of glossed over earlier that had me thinking, uh, because we, we did say going through this COVID thing, which is, it's very real. Like a lot of people aren't going to understand what living in the NBA bubble is like, cause there's not a lot of people who've ever lived in an NBA bubble. I mean, there's only been one that we're aware of in history, and there's only a select few people who do. But we're all familiar with going through this COVID thing. Um, and, and the stress of it, it does, it is cumulative. It does build up. And so even if, you know, week one, you were okay, you know, by week two, maybe you were okay. You know, three weeks into this, you're starting to get antsy. Like, I start to understand why people just finally said, I just don't care anymore, and I want to get out. Yep. But... You, you can't ignore that here we are, like, what are we now, six months into this whole experience that we've all been sharing? Uh, and, and it is difficult, A, to recognize that you do have anxiety, that you do have stress that you're dealing with because of the lockdown, because of the isolation, and then to also be willing to admit that to yourself. And so when, when Paul George stood up and very, I, I would say almost like nonchalantly just said, yeah, I've just been dealing with a lot of anxiety. I feel like he's, a, he's appreciating it for what it is and addressing it the way it needs to be. He doesn't need to go up there with like a tear in his eye and say, I'm sorry to admit, but it, I've, I've, I've been through hours of therapy and I finally come to understand that I have anxiety. You know what I mean? It like, it makes it this big, bad thing. And he's just like, no, like this has just been weird for me and difficult to deal with. 
and it, it's been affecting me, but credit to the people around me for not giving up and for not calling me a wuss or a weakling or making me feel worse. They were all very positive and, and now I'm in a better place. And did it work? We'll let the numbers speak for themselves. So for those of us who are still you know, going through lockdown and still stressed out and still dealing with that anxiety, it's like, well, we probably don't have NBA stats to back up with whether we're managing it well or not. But it, it speaks to what we talk about on this podcast frequently, which is who you surround yourself with is so important because you need to have people that are going to pick you up when you're down. Because yep. if you've got a bunch of people around that aren't really supportive or aren't interested in, in, in your best interest, I mean, there's, there's no way out of that, honestly. And this idea that you're supposed to be so strong and so stoic that despite your own anxiety, despite your own fears, despite everything that can tear you apart from the inside, you're just going to press through and just be stronger than your emotion. And the reality is none of us are like that. Every one of us has issues that we have to deal with from time to time. And I don't care how strong you are. You know, some crosses are just really hard to bear. So and, it, and, it, and you need people around you who are going to, to remind you to keep your chin up and to remind you that you're strong enough to get through it because that stuff sneaks up on you. So I have a question on that note. Mm -hmm. On social media, there seems to be a large movement of people that talk about anxiety, talk about self-care. Every so often, every influencer, myself included, puts up the obligatory, I struggle to post. Because mm -hmm. it connects with your people. Yep. But in some ways, I think it's really disingenuous. That's like exactly that's exactly the word that was coming to my mind. Are too. just doing it to do it. How much of a stigma do you think there still is with anxiety that people just don't want to admit they deal with it, or just don't want to admit that they're struggling? Look. It, especially in our industry, Bobby, you are always going to have the guy with, who's just jacked with the big beard. Who's just going to rip on anybody for having any kind of emotion. And I think there's two reasons for that. One, people still want to believe that you can be stronger than your psychology, that you can just be invincible. You know what I mean? Like people still want to believe that there's some guy somewhere who just doesn't deal with that stuff because he's so tough. I'm the toughest guy in the world. That's what they want to believe. The other one is it's comedy. You know, a lot of these guys now, it's just comedy. It's a, it's a character that they're playing and it's sort of assumed that you recognize that. And so the, the, they're pointing out the absurd, right? So that, that's where I think that comes in. Now, how does that play out in the, in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there who still, still stigmatize that stuff or, or will admit that it's okay for other people to have it, but it's not okay for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, they won't really internalize that because they don't want to admit that they, they have a weakness. And that's, I mean, maybe that's a survival thing. Like, I understand that. But look at, again, I'll, I'll bring up the fact that, like, people just kind of got sick of being in lockdown and just stopped doing it. Like, yeah. I mean, guys, that's symptom of a weakness, that you weren't able to deal with that stuff in a way that was productive for the rest of society. And so, I mean, there's the problem, right? If you could manage yourself better, then you wouldn't feel the need to just ignore all of these things. It wouldn't be that big a deal. Um, but I don't know it, it, when you listen to the, the, the it, I'm sure you've seen like the hundreds of videos of guys who, who refuse to wear a mask and are throwing a fit at Walmart and like slapping people around and knocking shells over and cussing and calling everybody names. Like it doesn't look like a person who's tough to me. It looks like a person who's got some really, well, really low surface issue, emotional control problems. 
who needs help. Yeah. Like real genuine help because like aside from your view on masks, whether it's scientifically based or whether it's political, I can respect all people's points of view and I can see merits to both sides. Mm -hmm. But logically what it comes down to for me, this actually happened. I went to walk in a game store, which I shop at a lot. And they said, can you put on a mask, please? It's our policy. It's their game store. Yeah. Like whether I agree, you know, whether I don't agree, I didn't pull the, well, I've spent this much money here card. <laughs> you know who I am. I have a blue check mark on social media. You didn't, I mean, you didn't fabricate an entire fake branch of the government to authorize you yeah. to not have to wear a mask. I didn't put up a fight. It was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. It's their private store. It's their rule. If I really want to shop here and buy my journeys to middle earth expansion, which I was in there to get, I need to put on a mask. Yeah. End of story, just logically. Now, as a consumer, I can decide not to go back to that place. I can decide not to shop there, but I can't imagine being mentally troubled enough to scream at people, threaten them, knock over shelves, throw a tantrum, especially mm-hmm. in front of my kids. Yeah, you, yeah. You must be in, 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 in real Trouble. And I, I, I wonder if part of that comes from that bravado, that tough guy image of if you never admit you have a problem and never do any self-work, the stuff bubbles up under the surface, bubbles up under the surface, bubbles up under the surface. And when you explode, you don't kind of explode. Yeah. You go Michael Douglas and falling down. Well, and let's, let's tie this back to, uh, to the NBA, right? So like, you might not even recognize that that stuff is building up because yeah. you're, you're in isolation. You're sitting at home alone. You're just doing your thing. And then one day you walk into Walmart. Next thing you know, you, you, you black out. And 30 minutes later, they've got video of you on Twitter doing crazy shit. Well, in the NBA, maybe it looks like, God, you're really not performing up to your usual level. Yeah. You've had a couple of games where you only scored 11 points. Yep. And now you've got empirical data that says, gosh, something's going on. And let me ask you this, Bobby, have you ever been through like a rough patch in your life where you first recognized that you were having difficulty because your performance in the gym wasn't where it usually is? Have you ever looked at like your last six workouts and been like, man, I'm in a funk. What is going on? Yeah, I would say yes, because I analyze the shit out of that stuff. Exactly. So you, so you, you have like a performance metric and, and, and I would say, I mean, for, for you and I, obviously, like that, that's probably going to be fitness related. But I mean, even if you worked in retail, you know, and you usually get $30,000 a month in revenue and all of a sudden you're getting like 10. You know, do you think your supervisor is going to walk up and say, hey, is everything all right? Too many, it's, a, it's a good point because when you talk about the mindset stuff, I think too many people in the workouts, they just go in and get it done and they mm-hmm. leave with no analysis. Yeah of what has happened or why. Now, maybe we're different because we were talking yesterday, working out our lives, we're the obsessed mm-hmm. ones. But I will tell you the workout I had this morning, I've thought about it. Did I do too many reps for set? Did I do not enough? Did I rest enough? Did I not rest enough? Why was my performance where I expected it to be? Like I think about all this stuff constantly. So back to your point, there are times where I'm off for a week and then I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I go down my checklist. Have I been sleeping eight hours a night? Yep. Have I been eating enough food? Yep. Have I drank enough water? Yep. Has jujitsu been unusually hard? Nope. It's gotta be psychological. 
mm-hmm. I've just eliminated all the, the, have I had enough someone's okay, I, I've done everything right. This has got to be psychological. Okay. Where do I start? What, what, what is the problem? And maybe it's, maybe it's, it's just, I've been involved in a big project. Yeah. You know what I do find that happens to me a lot? The bigger the goal that I set and the more successful I am at it, the worse, the rebound effect is, is not the right word, but the worse the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about it before. When I beat Elliot Marshall for that world title, I literally, Joe, couldn't train for three to four weeks after that. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to the gym and kind of worked out because it's what I do. Like I couldn't fight train. I couldn't focus. I was tired all the time. Like I was done, tapped yeah. out. And you'll hear people say that after a NBA season or after a football, they're just like, I'm done. But that actually reminds me of a, a particular client that I've been working with. So gosh, we, we were working together for over a year. Uh, her goal was to make the, the canine unit at her uh, police department. And they have a very regular, rigorous selection process for this. And so they were very clear, you know, physical uh, test to this. It's like a week long, kind of like a hell week that they put these people through. But this was her dream. This is what she wanted. And she knew that most of the physical standards that they had set were beyond her. So I started training and we, we, were, we were working hard and, and, and we had a lot of time because she reached out to me, like I said, nice and early. Um, even with, uh, with the whole lockdown thing, the selection got moved back. So we ended up with like extra months of, of training. And, and that's what I told her. I was like, well, look, they just moved it back. It doesn't mean it's off. It doesn't mean we give up. We're just going to continue training from where we left off. Well, she ended up going into the thing and crushing it. I mean, she just annihilated it and, and hats off to her because I think of uh, like 20 or 30 people that were in there, they only selected three and she was one of them. Um, and so for somebody who knew they weren't going to hit those standards when they talked to me to crushing the entire field the whole time and having fun with it, where some people were like throwing up all over themselves and she was giggling and having a blast, uh, super proud of her. And then she like could not even fathom the idea of working out for like another two weeks after that. Now, yeah. part of it is because it was this like big, long, physical, hard thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you're probably going to want to take a little time off. But like the notion of going back into the gym after that was just so hard for her to even just grasp. And it took her like two or three weeks to get back into working out. And then it was just like, well, now what do I do? I don't have this, this pressure on me. I don't have this big goal set. Like all of a sudden her workout isn't making sense to her anymore. And so she reached out to me again and I was like, yeah, I'll write you a program just for, to, to kind of maintain because she just needed a direction to go. And so I do feel exactly what you said is that when you have this big, hard, really like it, it narrows your focus, it narrows your focus. And when you've achieved that thing, especially if you're really successful, like what's left to focus on, I had one target and I destroyed it. And now I have no targets. Well, like it's, it's also funny that that happens to high-level athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronnie Price is back in the gym. He played in the NBA for 13 years. And once he was done with the NBA, he took an entire year off of training with me. Just yeah. couldn't come back in. And I couldn't understand it. Like, Dude, get in the gym. Get in the gym. We miss <laughs> you. Well, he's back every day now, working out harder than ever. But he's like, it took me a year to get my shit together. Yeah. I just, you know, for 13 years, I was competing, 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 competing. And by the way, he's a hyper-competitive human. Yeah. And then it's like, you're let loose in the world and no goal anymore. Your life's not predicated on the scoreboard. There's no stat sheet telling if you're doing your job right or wrong. And it's, 
I got to be motivated to go grind again. Yeah. You know, it's funny that word grind. I have a love hate relationship with it because everything, everything I preach, you got to grind, you got to grind. But then the other part of me says, if it's such a grind, why don't you fucking quit? Yeah. Like if it's that miserable for you, why are you doing this? You know, so what, what, what are some tips that you use to get in the workout mindset? Like you're not, you're not necessarily paid for your body. You're strong right. enough to be a fitness influencer. You're really mm-hmm. strong, probably overly strong. Yeah. Uh, you look good. Like I'm looking at, 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 at your poster behind you. Uh, <laughs> the listeners can't hear it, but you're fucking ripped. <laughs> that's me. That's me looking small, Bobby. Yeah. That's that. See, that was my, that was my big moment, right. was to get, get down to, to shred city. And I looked at it and all I saw was I'm too small. I need to put some mass on. So my <laughs> so that's question, my new goal. You, you don't, you don't really need to look any better. You don't really yeah. need to be any stronger. What are some mindset tips that you use to get yourself in, in the zone to go train? And by the way, from a guy that works at home, whose kids and family are around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is actually part of the thing, right? That's it's, it's what I do. You know, it's how I decompress. It's my, my quiet time. You know, kids are driving me nuts. I don't, I, I'm not going to like go hide in a dark room. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be out in the gym. I'm going to be working. Yep. You know, and, and maybe it's taken me, you know, most of my adult life to kind of come to understand, but like when I'm working on myself to improve myself, I feel better about myself. And when I feel good about myself, I can do anything. So I just, I just know from practice that when in doubt, I need to go work out. Okay. You know, so part of it is, is, you know, I always say motivation is great, but it's fleeting, you know, dedication and, and discipline are what, what carry you through. But that, like you said, that can just turn into a grind. I'm just getting up and working out because I have to, it's just, that's, I'm disciplined. I'm dedicated. I've got this long goal. I just, I have to go work out. Well, I don't have to do any of this. I can quit if I want. I don't have to, I don't have to be in this industry. I can go get a job selling insurance, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to do this. I'm choosing to do this. And if I'm going to choose to do it and I have to choose it frequently, you know, then I'm going to give it my all. But that, but that's the thing. Like I have the choice. If I ever feel like I don't have the choice, that's when it's going to go downhill for me real fast. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you when, when I was competing as a, as a Taekwondo fighter back in college, I mean, I was showing up to the workouts cause I just love the workouts. I love the fact that I dropped like 65 pounds in two years. I love the fact that I looked good. I felt good. I felt like I could just go forever. I really enjoyed fighting people. I enjoyed going to tournaments at a certain point. I kind of stopped enjoying it and it got to be like, I have to be here. And that's when I was like, you know what? I need to step away for a while. You know, I need to get away from it because I didn't feel like I had the choice anymore. And so for me, really the trick is to to choose to do this. To see the value in it and to know that that's, that's what I want. And then you just figure it out the rest as you go along. And and I'll tell you the the shortcut version of all of that is just slam a pre-workout and then you're going to go work out anyway, whether you felt like it initially or not. So question for you. Mm-hmm. Paul George got to turn himself into playoff Pete. Yeah. By the way, I want to talk to a sports psychiatrist, sports psychologist, <laughs> because I, I love sports psychology. He, he clearly found a way to turn himself on triple his performance. So you're, you're, I got a name for you. 
you're Joe Cibula. Mm-hmm. You're hanging out with, with, with Max and Jojo hanging out with the wife, you know, hanging out with your, with your, with your, with your in-laws working, doing whatever on the walk from your living room to your garage, which is about 60 seconds. Uh-huh. You're going to throw down and work out. How do you transform yourself into a character? I know is Jack and rip Joe. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. <laughs> That's my secret, Bobby. I'm always, I'm always, is, I, I never turn that off. It's <laughs> a real problem for people working out at home. Like yeah. you are, you are one day being a dad or a mom, you're homeschooling. You've dealt with social isolation. Your family's been around you all day. You're anxious, you're stressed, you're whatever. You walk into the garage and then all of a sudden it's expected to be go time. Well, why, why do they have to be two different people is my perspective. You know what I mean? Like, like the guy that shows up and is ready to work out, is ready to throw down, is ready to give, to give it his all should be the same guy who's taking on the next tax task. You know what I mean? Like if I'm grilling a steak, I want to show up. I want to grill that steak. I want to do it well. You know, if I go into the office and there's a problem, do I want to be the guy who mopes into it? I get through it. Maybe I even solve it. No, I want to be the guy who's there to do that thing. So that, that time I spend in the gym is the time that I actually have control over. You know what I mean? That's the time where I really do get to decide how I'm going to approach the task in front of me. And there are days, I mean, I always tell people your workout should make you a little nervous. You know, the challenges that you set for yourself should be just outside of what you think you can do. You know, and if you, if you can go into it and you can find a way to, to motivate yourself to, 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 to flip that switch and to turn it on, that ought to carry into the time that I'm spending with my kids. You know, if I'm going to take the kids to the park, like I want to be there with them. I want to engage with them. I don't want to also be on my phone over there doing work while they're doing their thing because I don't want them to think of me as a distant father. So are you, are you saying then you're pretty much even keel all the time? Like your, your demeanor in the workout is same as the demeanor, like hanging out with your kids more or less. I think at the core it is. Okay. You know, it's, it's like, it's how you express that, that changes. You know, if I'm going to step up and I'm going to pull a heavy deadlift, like I'm going to breathe a certain way. I'm going to like try to fire myself up a certain way to go and do that. But it's not like I'm just going to all of a sudden start cussing like a sailor, you know, and behaving in a way that I don't normally behave, if that makes sense. It's just, it's in a slightly different environment and maybe certain aspects are more prominent than others, but I don't speak differently in the gym than I do with my kids. Is there any you know I mean? rituals that you can think of that you go through to get well, ready? Every, everything becomes ritualized, right? Like you said, there's, it, it takes me a minute to walk into the gym. So like the, the act of opening the door and walking through, that's part of that ritual. You know, the act of strapping on my, my Lalo shoes, you know, and grabbing my, my backwards hat and throwing it on. Those are all part of the ritual of like, I know what I have to do. The warmups that I go through are part of that ritual. You know, if I'm going to pop down on the bike and I start pedaling, that's part of that ritual experience. You know, it's part of what, what brings me present to that moment. And again, those things only, only become that way if you're doing them regularly, if you're doing them yeah. frequently enough that, that you create those associations. 
Because something happened to me. We were actually talking about this. I don't know if you remember. It was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I mean, I, I, I've got no concept of time anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that happens as you get older or just as my kid tells me I'm punch drunk. Maybe it's yeah. corona and social isolation. But <laughs> I was telling you about a story. I went to England and the couple of people I stayed with didn't have ice makers. Mm-hmm. And I yep. couldn't drink my ice drink that I have before my workout. And I used to think that I was addicted to pre-workout. Yeah. And if I didn't have it, I was all off. And I went to mix my pre-workout with just normal water and I hated it. I couldn't even get it down. Like I didn't want it. It did nothing for me. It didn't feel make me feel up for the workout. So I did an experiment when I got home. I filled ice and water in a cup and I just put a little bit of powdered Gatorade in it. And guess what? I was ready for the workout. So it's not, it's my pre-workout. I'm glad you brought that up because I do have I do have a little story. I haven't told you this yet, but this is uh, that came to my mind on Sunday. There is something about ice and water and flavor that makes me feel good yeah. for the workout. Like it's just what mentally turns me on. Now, the other thing I do is my drive to the gym. Mm-hmm. I have a 15 minute drive to the gym. I usually will not answer calls during it. I listen to the music I want to listen to. And I found that if Lisa and I go to the gym together, my workout's off. If I don't drive my own car and listen to my music. And it has nothing to do with her. This isn't a shot at her. She's not dragging me down. There's nothing like that. But it's like, I need to be in my own little thing with my headphones. And I start thinking about sports and guys have game day outfits. Yeah. Well, and superstition in. in sports is super huge yeah. too. They, but they I mean, think, in. look at your sports history. So you're in an individual sport, like you did wrestling and then you were in the UFC. Yep. So like your performance is predicated specifically on your performance. If you're on a football team, your rituals probably have a lot to do with the guys on the team. Like when those yep. guys get together, I mean, you've all heard stories of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, a military unit, they, they finish their tour and then years later, as civilians, they get together and what do they do? They get a little rowdy. Yeah. You know, because there, there was that this dynamic of these people together in that space is what creates that. So if you've been an individual sport, like fighting, like wrestling, you probably need that individual time before oh, any kind yeah. of major. And, and that's just because of the reps. I mean, how many fights have you been in, Bobby? How many wrestling matches did you have? thousands yeah and i mean in me as a taekwondo fighter how many fights have i had thousands because i'd go to a tournament and i'd get five fights seven fights there were tournaments where i didn't even get any they just handed me a gold medal for showing up those are the easy ones you win by by intimidation um i actually got a state title that way once but that that ritual is key like that and anything that messes with it can can get in your head and like i said so much so i i saw this great video i'll have to send this to you bobby but it was uh uh a goalie. And I, I can't remember what team he was from, but they were side-by-side videos from two different games. And it's like how he got out on the ice, the speed with which he skated around the way his arms moved, which puck he picked up first, who he high-fived like side-by-side. It is like frame by frame exact. And they're two different videos, but because his ritual is so ingrained and he's, you know, that superstition comes around it that he probably tried changing that once and had a horrible game. And he's like, I have to go back to doing it the way that I was doing it before. So he's got that practice, practice and perfect. Yeah. 
It's, it's funny that you say that. I uh, had a sports psychologist that actually had me do an interesting experiment. He said, take all your losses and write down all the things that were going on before the losses, during the losses, like how you prepared, blah, 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 blah. If you were in a relationship, if you weren't in a relationship, mm-hmm. what was going on? And he goes, do it for your wins as well. And it was shocking to me when I mapped it out, what the losses had in common and what the wins had in common. And by the way, none of those had anything to do with the actual competition. Yeah, It was all the stuff around it, like how I was behaving, what I was doing, what I was. And so I learned, okay, if I want to perform well, this is what I need to do. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, this is what, this is my thing. So when I start competing again in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I have a whole thing that I go through. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my family came with me and I'm like the day before I'm not going out. I don't want to hang out with friends. I don't like, I have a thing that I need to do yeah. to get ready. It's why I actually prefer to go to competitions by myself. Mm-hmm. Cause I was always used to doing that for fighting. Yeah. Like I'd have my coach or whatever, but he'd be doing his own thing. He'd leave me the hell alone. Well, and I wonder about like, like Paul George in the bubble, like what did his routine have before, you know, was he hanging out with his family right up until he went to the, to the game, you know, and now all of a sudden he can't. And so the whole thing has changed. And so it takes a while to develop a new, a, a new ritual, a new way to go about that, you know, yep. but I was going to tell you, so speaking of, of, you know, mindset and uh, pre-workout, so um, I know a little while back, it wasn't that long ago, I remember sending you a text and saying, hey, I finally finished a 10 by 10 at 225 for my bench press. And that was like, I, it was in my head more than anything. I think I was always capable of it, but it was really in my head. And I just felt super accomplished because I did it. You know, 10 reps, exactly two minute break, 10 reps, exactly two minute break. I finished 10 rounds. Like, cool. Uh, two weeks ago, Sunday, I tried this workout where I, I had a short period of time available. Um, I, I don't remember what the constraints were, but I was like, okay, I got a half hour. I'm going to get in. I'm going to warm up. And I'm going to set the clock for 20 minutes. And I'm just going to do as many bench press at 225 and as many pull-ups as I can break it up however I want. And so whatever I did on the bench, I would go over and do that many uh, uh, pull-ups. So like the first set I did 10, went over to 10 pull-ups, marked down 10 on the board. And then the next one, like I was a little tired because I had no breaks. I only got like seven and I went, I did seven and then I'd, you know, do like six and six and seven and seven and all odd numbers. And when I got done, when the timer rang, I was dying. I had a huge chest pump back was like just lit up, but I, I totaled it up. And I think I only did 64 bench press in 20 minutes. And I thought, okay, I mean, I know that I've done 10 by 10. I know it takes about 30 minutes to finish that. I want to keep training this workout until I get a hundred. So that's a hundred bench and a hundred pull-ups within that 20 minute range. So yep. Sunday it's now a week after I decided that that was going to be my goal. Um, I wasn't even really planning on working out and I was just like, okay, I just need to go out and do this. It's late. It was like five o'clock. I mean, so it's like much later in the day than I usually work out and I'm just dragging and I'm thinking I should take a pre-workout. And then I'm thinking, no, because if I take a pre-workout, I am not going to sleep. I'm going to be up all night. I will not recover from this. And then I remembered that we had talked about, you know what? It's not even the pre-workout. It's just having a, an icy cold drink. So I literally, I put my, my LMNT, my, uh, my salt in ice water. And I just took that out to the gym. And then I sat, I thought about the workout and I said, okay, maybe part of the problem is I'm, I'm just biting off big chunks. So I'm just going to do five and five five bench, five pull-ups, five bench, five pull-ups, and just try to get through it as fast as I can. At the buzzer, I finished 100 reps of both. Nice. 
So mindset, right? If I used to think 10 by 10 with two minute breaks was hard, how the hell was I able to finish a hundred reps in 20 minutes? And oh, by the way, also added in a hundred pull-ups within that time frame. On a day when I didn't feel like training, I didn't have my pre-workout. So being analytical, now you look back and you say, well, what was it about that? Like, how was I able to get that? What can I glean from that experience? And here's what I can glean. That pre-workout wasn't the deal. Yeah. My, my level of motivation wasn't the deal. You know, the, the fact that I had set a goal and that I felt like I could do it. You know, if I would have gotten 65 reps, I still would have been successful. You know, if I would have gotten 70, wow, I crushed my last workout and I'm on my way. And I expected this to take weeks. You know, I expected like, yeah, maybe I'll get there, but it's going to take some hard training. And I did it the second time I tried. And it just happened. And it just happened. So I know like none of the stuff that people think matters, matters as much as they think it matters. If you just show up to do the work. And so next time I go in to do a workout, maybe I feel like it, maybe I don't, but I recognize that that doesn't predicate my performance. Yeah. I've like eliminated that my, my level of motivation is a factor. It's more about the strategy that I use and understanding my strengths and weaknesses and how to apply them to the task at hand. And that's, and that's part of that overarching mental game learning. Like what, what I heard from that is just learning to rather than like trying to flip a switch because that's what a lot. And by the way, that's my go-to. I flip a switch and then Mm -hmm. I go harder. It's manipulating the workout to go down in a way that puts you in a position for success. Yeah. Having a plan, right? Yeah. Accepting, accepting what you have to do and finding the challenge within that and finding a way that makes it approachable, you know, like that, that's tangible right there. It's kind of like the rower. I'm going to have you do a minute of rowing, Joe. I want mm-hmm. you to do a minute of rowing. That's what the workout calls for. There are some people that I will give a workout to that is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A minute for max meters on the rower. Mm-hmm. Let's say, I know you're going to get about 300 other people. I'll say 300 meters for time mm-hmm. knowing it'll take about a minute because I know that giving them 300 meters for time, they'll work harder <laughs> than if I give them a minute for max meters. It's, it's theoretically, it's the exact same workout. Yeah. The, the power output should be the same. Yeah. It's just what, what is somebody going to work harder at? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, and if you've ever done like just a minute all out on, on a rower or on a bike, like that phrase one minute might carry with it a different connotation than somebody who's never done that workout before. Yep. Cause if you've ever fallen off an aerodyne and like thrown up all over yourself, and then somebody says, yeah, you just have to go for a minute. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. But if you don't have that experience, like a minute's not that long. I can do anything for a minute. You know, I can do burpees. Incredible. For a <laughs> yeah. So it's like just learning how do you want to phrase the workout or how do you want to yeah. write it to get the most out of yourself? So it's interesting. I actually, I have a whole workout plan that uh, I've used with dozens of clients. And the first workout, it's like a, like an eight minute AMRAP. So you just set a clock for eight minutes and it's like eight goblet squats. I think eight squat jumps, eight pushups, eight sit-ups. It's a very, very simple thing. The next week, the workout's split. And so now you're doing like two four-minute workouts with a two-minute break. Hmm. And then the next week, it's like these three-minute workouts, but you're actually doing like nine minutes of work. 
right? And then it, it like it keeps splitting and getting longer and longer. And then eventually it comes back together as like this 15 minute AMRAP on the last day of that program. And it's like, all you've been doing is the same things, but you've been doing shorter intervals, but you have to go harder during the shorter intervals. And when you finally put it back together, like, yeah, the first workout was like eight minutes and maybe you got five rounds and then you're doing 20 rounds and 15 minutes at the end. And like how much of that is you got fitter over the course of six weeks and how much of it is you just figured out a way to pace yourself better. Right. Yeah. Like it's the, it's that mental game that you're bringing to it. And that's, but that's part of what I like about the workouts. If you look at the workouts that I post, they're all, there's a mental challenge in them of like, figure out how you're going to, to address this. The work is set, but you got freedom to play around with different strategies and different, different ways to play. That's why the Holy Trinity is my favorite workout. I don't think I've ever done it the same way twice. To be honest with you, I always try something new, different sets, different reps, different tactics, you know, different timings. I hear you, but, but that's, but that's my, my outlet. You know, if I know I have a strategy, I can go into, into anything. If, if you, if you just like, here's the workout go, and I don't have time to figure it out. It's like, now I'm just hanging on. Now I'm just, just grinding through and trying to get done. Yeah, for sure. So lessons from today. Put yourself in a position. So, like, let's do the mindset lessons. If you're the type of person that you need to flip a switch, figure out what it is for you that cues you to work hard. I don't know if that's a shower before the workout, a certain pair of shoes. You said put on your Lalo Tactical shoes, your 10,000 gear, uh, and your hat and going out to do your business. Could be your icy drink. Could be a song, which, like, by the way, you could have walkout music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stuff like that. Or... The other option is to plan the workout in a way that puts you in a position for success. Yeah. Right. Like do something you love doing or pick a format that you really want to do. Something you can be successful at, you know, give yourself yeah. a shot. It's, it's that old thing, Joe, like don't ask people to do stuff they're not capable of. I'm, I'm going to refer that. I'm going to say, I mean, yes. And I'm going to say the, the, the key here is to find a way to win. Yeah. Know that you have a path to success and follow that path. Yep. Easy. All right. Well, you guys, if you like this podcast, if you like, like this kind of stuff, let's go. Uh, Get in shoot. the inner circle. Get in the inner circle. The, the, the maximuspodcast.com. Click join and uh, have at or support us, support yourself. And we are done here.